Welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast, brought to you by TournamentPokerEdge.com, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to tournament poker strategy. And now, here are your hosts, Ron Fezbuddy and Killing Bird. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. I'm Killing Bird, and the other end of the line is my good friend Ron Fez. Buddy, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I am home after a incredibly long series of road trips. Yeah, you were gone for a long time. Yeah, I was pretty much gone the whole month of March. I did a, a little family vacation, uh, much uh, a much needed family vacation with my wife and my son and his girlfriend. We went down to Orlando for uh, a little less than a week. Awesome. Uh, came back. I immediately got on a plane, flew to Austin, Texas for South by Southwest, which was amazing. Really? Uh, and then got back, landed, and literally came from the airport, uh, repacked a bag, and drove to the Outer Banks, which is a little coastal community out here in North Carolina, and spent uh, a little over two weeks there. And finally, I'm home. So I basically uh, didn't see March. Yeah. March was a blur for me. Um, but lots, lots of good beer pictures on Twitter, though. Yes, I did. I got plenty of uh, plenty of drinking in, so that yeah. was good. Uh, and actually, I, I got an amazing amount of like work and other projects done uh, out at the beach because I was the only one there. I was babysitting, ba- well, babys- dog sitting my parents' dogs essentially. Oh, okay. Um, so I was all by myself. So I literally had like. I was alone 24 hours a day. Right. I did have some friends come out and visit for a couple of days, and my wife came out for her birthday one day. So, um, but other than that, yeah, I just I like it's amazing how much work you can get done when you have zero distractions, yeah. and feeding and walking a few crazy mutts. Did you like draw faces on like soccer balls and like ping pong balls <laughs> and like set them up as your friends? I honestly did start to go a little yeah. bit stir crazy, especially because like for the first week it was raining. So it's like yeah. you're in a beach town, and there's really not much to do mm-hmm. other than yeah go to the beach yeah um and i couldn't so i basically sat in this small little beach house and uh watched way too much tv and like i said got some work done although i did while i was there do something i hadn't done in a long time which was uh, i went and played a bar league poker game i saw that yeah you made the final table didn't you yeah i finished third and it paid two (laughs) it's a story of your life i know um (laughs) But it was so much fun. Like, like I said, I mean, that's kind of how I got started yeah. taking poker seriously. And yeah. uh, basically, a friend of my dad's hit me up on Facebook and said, "Hey, you know, your dad said you're here. If if you're bored, we play at this place called Kelly's Bar on Tuesday nights. You yeah, know, come hang out. We'd love to have a professional poker player at the, at the game or whatever." And it was fun because it's like it's so pure, you know. It's yeah. like such a pure form of poker. Uh, the game is obviously the same, but the people are very different. Um, yeah, yeah. And I just had a blast. Really like. A, it's kind of like a you know it, it it's kind of like playing a home game with your buddies like you just you don't care as much about the money and you just yeah. have a good time and, and you know, drinking and eating and, and I, I i i do a fair amount of like you know hey there's a local uh, charity game or you know whatever going on like i do a fair amount of that myself like do you like i don't want to be like well hey i uh i am part of a training site uh i <laughs> i played at the wsop like i don't want to come off like that guy like right. Like, how do you handle the fact that, like, you are without a doubt the most serious player in that that bar league game? You know, like, what, what's, yeah. your, what's your take on that? There, there's kind of two things I do, and it's funny because I was actually thinking about this when I was there. So I I never like I never bring up the fact that oh I I yeah. played at the WSOP or I own a training site. Yeah. Now I almost 
I almost always am wearing a tournament pokerage hoodie, even okay. though I don't go to these games. Like I'm wearing one right now, for example. Right. right. Um, so a lot of people will ask me about it, and I figure, well, that's good because then I'm not like being like cocky or like, right. being, hey, everybody, I'm here. Right. Uh, <laughs> but also in this case, um, my friend, my dad's friend, knew this about me. You know, because uh, he, he follows my dad talking about me at the World Series and stuff. So he kind of told people. He's like, oh, uh, this okay. is Derek. Uh, he's Bob's son. He's, he plays a lot of poker or whatever. Got it. So, but then the, what I did to sort of counteract that so I, I don't feel like I have to be the hot shot or whatever yeah. is I make it apparent early on that I'm really just there to have fun. Right. So, like... I ordered a beer and a shot right off the bat. Uh-huh. And I asked them at the table if they wanted a drink, um, and I, I, you know, I played some crappy hands early and showed them, and, you know, not not running big bluffs, but just like folding like seven three off and going, oh, you got me, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, and then everybody just starts laughing and having a good yeah. time, and it makes it a lot easier. Well, so. and, and the other thing too is like, given what you know about you know, poker, you know that this is just a crapshoot and you're, you know, you're unlikely to take it very seriously. And I don't want people thinking I'm like, I'm really trying to crush everyone or like I'm taking myself that seriously. It's a bar, it's a barley game. The blinds are probably going up every 20 minutes. They're probably doubling every 20 minutes. And it's like, it's just, you know, it is for fun. And so I I just don't want to be like, Hey, that guy's serious. Like, like, you know, and and I remember once um, at at work, uh, we had a, uh, you know, I work for startup marketing. I'm a startup marketing guy. I work for a lot of tech companies, and we had like a big sales kickoff in in, uh, in Vegas. And we were actually at Bally's. We were all staying there, and we like had, like three day long meetings. And then we we, uh, we ran a tournament for the company at night. You know, after the workday was done, like that was the thing we did for a company like you know, Bond, right? right? And uh, and so like. Everyone knew that my affiliation with TPE, and so like I would like everyone was gunning for me. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like oh, and then when I finished fourth, like everyone was like, "What? I thought you were the pro." Yeah. Oh, and then the guy beat me, knocked me out. I was like dancing. I was like, oh man, like like and the more you know about the game, the more you know it's a crapshoot too. It's like right. and like I would pick up. No, guys, you know, honestly, this is just a crapshoot. This is not you know like really <laughs> real. Like I don't want to be that guy. So I just usually just keep my mouth shut and. You know, yeah. someone like someone knows or asks me, I'm happy to talk about it, but I don't want to. Like, yeah, you find yourself like defending yourself against variants and trying. Yeah, to yeah, explain yeah. Explaining, I think you see like sour grapes. Oh, he's blaming luck. You know, it's like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. The good thing was that I I got a lot of big hands and made a lot of big hands with them. So yeah. like, like I never had to run a bluff on anybody. You know, so I went deep. I mean, I think there were maybe like 40 people in it, and like I said. It, I'm not sure why I only paid two. They need to work on their payout structure, but yeah, uh, yeah right. Because I, I wanted that gift certificate, damn it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, yeah, I I never had to be the cocky poker player. I could just be like, oh look, had queens flop top set. Right. Lucky man, you know. Yeah. Right, um, right, right. It was funny though. They did a couple of things that, I mean, certainly wouldn't. I don't think would be appropriate for a quote unquote real poker game. But they made it fun, and it was a, uh, it was very. Um, it added like some elements of GTO that I don't know that I yeah. like I, I could adapt to. So like, like they did one thing where everybody drew a card and the highest card got a bounty chip, ah. but that bounty chip was effectively worth what the chip was for. So they gave him a five K oh. chip, and you oh. started with twenty K in this thing, and this oh, was yeah, pretty yeah, in the yeah, tournament. Yeah. So you're at like you know you're at like two hundred, four hundred or something, and this guy's got a five K chip. So 
if you knock him out, you get 5k out of your stack. So now all of a sudden you're like, yeah, that's pretty fun. I can play every hand against this guy. Yeah. And then every once in a while they would do these random things they called pot sweeteners, where they would basically just walk up and throw a chip in the middle of the table and oh, say really? pot sweetener. <laughs> and then if you win that pot, you get the pot sweetener. And they did that early on with like a 10k chip. Oh, wow. Okay, that's fun. That does, that, like, yeah. Yeah, so blinds are like 100, 200, and of course everybody limps. Yeah, right. Because they all want, they all want to so play the So you're playing every, you're playing every, yeah, you're playing every. Yeah, but then, you know, it folds to me in like the button or something, and I'm like, I should just rip every chip here. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Nobody's, nobody, none of these guys are slow playing big hands when right. when there's a pot sweet. You know, they're all, you know, all going to just try to take it down and win it. And they're and they also don't want to go home because they're, you know, 30 minutes into this bar yeah. game, which yep. is their week, weekly thing. And I'm like, I should just push all my chips in the middle. But it kind of went back to the thing, like, I didn't want to be a douchebag. Yeah, so I'm like, that's cool. cool. You seem like such a <laughs> jerk doing that. Like, people are not going to like you. Yeah. It's not worth but it. But it's like, it's got to be like the, it's got to be super plus EV because it's just, it's like half your pot and just, yeah. or half your stack in a pot sweetener. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, so they did a few of those throughout the night, and I was I kept thinking I'm like, what's the optimal strategy here? Yeah. Now, how do you so, like know there's a like if you don't live there? How do you know there's like even a like how do you even know there's a bar league tournament going on? Like, I guess you know the people at the pub. Are you... Yeah, this guy was a friend of my dad's, and he yeah. just invited me out. He's like, yeah, we play yeah. in this thing. Oh, okay. Uh, and okay. I and I'm pretty sure every single person there was a regular. Right. Okay. Like, I think I was the only out of town person because, well, A, it's not really tourist season, so there's not a lot of tourists there. Right. Right. And they have incredibly weird, complicated chip denominations. <laughs> like, we started the tournament with probably, I'd say, eight to ten different colored chips. Oh, man. And there were like 2K chips, 4K chips, 10K chips. Really? Yeah. And they all knew what they were. And I yeah. literally, you can see it on my Twitter, I had a cheat sheet that showed me what every chip was. <laughs> Because he, he said, oh, here's a chip sheet or a, a cheat sheet so you know what all the chips are. I'm like, oh, I'll be good, man. Don't worry. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Five later, I'm like, can I get that cheat sheet? Because yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. That's awesome. But it was fun. Like, uh, I, I I should really go out and do it more, honestly. There's like a huge bar league here that I, I used to play in long, long ago. And I'm like, man, I should just go like once a month or something. Like, it's such a good excuse to go out. I mean, I like to go out and have beers anyway. So, like, why not go play a little fun poker while I'm at it? I get some email from this like bar at league in Texas. That's like when they're having their tournaments, and I'm like, oh man, I really want to go play that. <laughs> like I don't know, I don't know how I got on this email list, but their bar league tournaments sound great. You know, it's like two dollar yeah. buy in, and there's like you know forty people. I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty good. Like I don't know how I got on that list, but I'm, I'm jealous. We don't really have any bar league games around here. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you even have that kind of stuff around no. you. No, not really. Um, I know there are a lot of underground games, but I don't know. I'm not much for those and. Yeah, I don't know. That's why I, I think mean, they I think I, they tend to be popular in places like this, like North Carolina, because we are so far from casinos. Right, right, right. right. Um, whereas you know you have some options, you yeah. know, a few hours away. So yeah, we don't really have that. Yeah, so. Well, I mean that's the whole reason I started TPE as well. <laughs> I couldn't find people that shared my interests. So yeah, <laughs> that was the point to starting TPE. Find like-minded people. And, and here we are. And here uh, we are. Wow, which actually reminds me, crazy. That just dawned on me. We're like 15 days away from an anniversary. Yep, number seven. Seven. Uh, yeah, because yeah, we started in 2010, yep. right? We started in. Yep, we started in 2010. Number seven. Insanity. Yeah. That's, wow. That's wow. Really crazy. Just oh. wrapped my head around. I didn't realize it was all already April. Wow, that's or, amazing. Yeah. So wow. All right. We're well, right. well, on uh, on was it April 17th? Let's uh, clink a glass for me. 
yep. <laughs> for DBE, and we'll, uh, we'll we'll be seven years old. Yeah. And uh, speaking of which, one of the uh, I guess the longest running pro I, was he the first pro we signed? I can't remember now. It's been so long, but he's certainly been on since day one. Yeah. Uh, Big Dog Big Dog Pocket Fives is going to join us. Yeah. Uh, he's he's been here for every glorious moment of the TPE run. So. Yep. Um, we're gonna we're gonna catch up with him. He's got had, had some exciting things going on over the last uh, I guess six months to a year or so. Yep. Um, we'll talk about business stuff and new yep. family we'll, ventures. We'll talk about his new business, his family ventures. We'll talk a little bit about the WSLP. I think. Speaking of, are you did you set your schedule? That's right. Yeah, we gotta we gotta definitely gotta talk about the WSLP. So this is a. This is the first time where it's been this late in the year, and I haven't exactly figured out what I'm doing. Right. Um, you know, in the past we've always had you know a house, and or or at least have certainly by now have figured out when we're going. And I ha- I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm pretty sure. I would say I'm 90 percent sure I'm going to leave sometime like two days before the monster stack, which I think would be around May 22nd or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, June 22nd? Or sorry, June 22nd. Yeah. My bad. I'm so used to leaving in May. Um, So, yeah, I'll head out there around then and then then stay through uh, the end uh, for the main event. Nice, yeah. And because everyone else is so uncertain, I have not made my plans because I want to go when everyone else is there. And since I don't go for as long, (laughs) um, it's really dependent on you guys. Um, So I'm just going to wait for you guys to kind of pick your time and then I'll, I'll schedule around that. Yeah. Um, obviously, you don't know when you're going yet, but like, are there events that you're like, oh, I really want to play that, I really want to play that? Um, I don't know. I want to play everything, like usual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I suppose it just kind of depends on... I mean, the good thing is, is that there's like enough events spread out across, obviously, enough time that if you can find a weekend to get there, there's probably going to be something pretty good going on. I mean, I, I know like in the past for me and you, like things like the monster stack and the yeah. millionaire maker and just events like that are the sort of the ones we target. And there's pretty much something like that nowadays. It, every week. There really is every, every weekend. There's something like that. Um, I'm not as hyped on like the Colossus and you know, those super very, I mean like, it's great that they're lower buy-ins and you could get more, more shots. Um, I, I, and, and but it's just I don't know such a minefield. And when I go to like I could go play a three sixty five minefield at the Borgata, you know, right. every every couple of months or you know whatnot. Um, I like the Millionaire Makers, like the fifteen hundreds with the with the guarantee one you know one million dollar prize pool, like things that actually are make a you know life difference. You know, those are, those yeah. are the ones that really excite me about the WSOP. Well, and also if you're going out for a short time, like you want to play tournaments with some play, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, obviously, if it's plus EV, it's plus EV at the end of the day. But, I mean, if I'm going for a weekend, I would much rather play a tournament with hour-long levels than yeah. one with 20-minute levels. Yeah, you know? I could play those anytime, really. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I didn't play the Colossus the first year, but then I did play it last year, and I hated it. Really? Like, I mean, the structure is just bad. Yeah. Um, and it's so – the Rio is so crowded – which I'm sure, like, for some people, like, maybe they would be like, ah, oh, you know, it's no big deal. The Rio's crowded. But when you're there a month, like, yeah. the days when it's super packed and, like, the bathroom line is, like, 20 minutes long and it takes to re, you know, especially in a term like that where you got to re enter, like, to re enter takes an hour and a half or yeah. something. And it's just like, I'm just, I'm just away that. I'd, I'd rather just target those really cool 1500s and. Yeah. Well, but listen, I mean, you know, we've been going out to WSOP for years at this point. Um, you're there for a long time every time. It's, you know, it's really well, it's really targeted towards the more casual player and for the casual player it's a great tournament yeah oh i i mean yeah i mean i i would definitely encourage people who who want to get out there and play a, 
a tournament. Like if that's you know if that's yeah. the time you can go or that's the buy-in level you can do. I mean, definitely go for it. I mean that you know now they have a three sixty-five tournament, so it's like it's opened up to even more people. You know, yeah. you know, because obviously, you know, for, I mean, I remember when I played my first three sixty-five, that felt like a lot of money. I was like, shit, yeah. kind of three hundred. So there's a different pain threshold for everybody, and yeah. I think that that having that three sixty-five and there's just going to bring more and more people in, and and hopefully yeah. that they go, oh, you know what, that wasn't so bad. I'm going to play a five sixty-five next year, and then yeah. I'll play a one K. Yeah, uh, and I will say once again, for you, you talk about like the crowdedness for for the grinders, yeah, that could be much, but. If you're a poker fan and you get there and for the first time you walk in and there's just like this massive crowd of poker, you know, I've never seen it, you know, yeah. never seen anything like it. I'll never forget the first time I went to the World Series. I think most people won't. So it's for that. It's well targeted. To, it's well suited to the target market. Yeah. And, and for that, it's fun. And I mean, there's some I, mean, I, I think the schedule this year might be the best they've ever had. I mean, yeah, there's, I there's literally just something for everybody. I mean, even, you know, they've even taken the online thing to another yeah. level where there's, you know, there's a lower buy-in online and there's a midi, a, mid, a mid and a high. So, yeah. Um, yeah there, it, doesn't, there is. it doesn't matter what you want to do. I mean, they even have two tag team events this year. There's a yeah. 1K and a 10K. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It's definitely the best schedule I think I've seen. So, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's, so, let's, uh, so you hurry up and figure out what you're doing so I can, uh, plan around it. And then, <laughs> I, well, the good thing is now that I'm home, I have some time to figure that out. So I, I mean, I really, I have to decide in like the next week or so because if we're going to get a house, there's a house to book. And so, yeah, a lot, a lot of planning to be done. So we'll, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll get that settled here very soon. And of course, uh, when we get big dog on, uh, we'll talk to him about what his plans are for the WSOP. Yep. And uh, and find out what else he's up to. So, um, yeah. So let's uh, let's wrap this up and get the uh, yep, get the let's find it up. All right. Sounds good. Um, we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with Big Dog Pocket Fives on the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. If you are looking for the best MTG training site on the planet, look no further than TournamentPokerEdge.com. Tournament Poker Edge focuses exclusively on multi-table tournaments and features some of the best live and online pros. No waiting through cash game videos looking for the occasional tournament video. Tournament Poker Edge also offers strategy articles, forums, a member chat room, and much more. So visit TournamentPokerEdge.com and start taking your game to the next level now. everyone welcome back to the tournament poker edge podcast time to bring in the man the myth the legend the big dog casey jarzebeck what's up sir what's going on boys good casey. to see you or not see you because i can't actually see you but good to talk to you absolutely great podcasting there eric <laughs> thanks i had to make it clear <laughs> for everybody that I <laughs> is that how this thing works well it's uh i mean we, we could be on skype and we could have video running it's possible that i could see him Fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, good to chat with you, Casey. I actually, so I got to actually see Casey in person not too long ago. I made a little trip up to uh, Canada for the WPT Falls View, 
which we all went really deep in. It was awesome. <laughs> um, uh, but we did get we did get to some quality time hanging out with uh, with him and Danny M13 had a really good time. So that was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me, Casey. Absolutely, anytime. So uh, let's uh, before we get into any strategy or anything, let's get, obviously catch up with you. It's been a while since we've had you on a podcast, so we gotta we gotta let the peeps out there know what's what's happening. How's uh, how's poker been for you? Poker's been really good since uh, I don't know for the people that don't know, I launched uh, my own poker site, uh, ppipoker.net. Um, it launched about forty-five days ago, I guess now, maybe a little bit more. I can't be sure on the date because everything's a blur because we've been working so hard getting it going. Um, but poker on there has been really good. Um, the site is basically, it's a skin, um, but all the skins on there when we came on um, were based out of Asia. So it's predominantly filled with Asian players, which uh, I don't know if it's just that they suit my game really well or what, but this site seems super soft to me. Uh, I'm profiting just about every single day. Um, I, love the, I love the software. I love the site. And uh, obviously, having an ownership stake is pretty awesome in your own poker sites. Kind yeah. of a dream come true. Yeah, that is really cool. Two things I'll say about that. First of all, for those who don't believe that Casey works hard for whatever reason, when I was there, he was literally getting up at like 4 a.m. to like do PPI stuff. Yeah. Um, like he, he was actually making me feel bad about how lazy I was being. So we'll clarify that right off the bat. But also, I didn't get to play on the site because I'm obviously American, but I did get to watch uh, Casey and Danny play on there. But, and it's pretty cool. I mean, the graphics are really good. The, the interface, but honestly, the thing that like I thought was the coolest was the staking platform. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. Yeah, um, they have so. um, they have a really revolutionary staking feature, um, where basically anybody that plays in any tournament can sell any amount of their action for any amount of markup they want. Um, it's just as easy as clicking any button. Um, you just hit sell my action, and you put exactly how much action you want up for sale, and you do it right in the tournament lobby. Um, at what markup and boom it's there and then to buy is just as easy anybody pulling up the lobby just clicks on your name and says buy action and they can buy as much action that you have for sale um, you know if, if you sell 50% they can buy 1% to 50% and it's just a matter of clicking on a button so it's just amazing as soon as the the guy busts the tournament if he busts the money in the money uh, the money is in all the stakers accounts instantly uh, it's really revolutionary, and I think every site will eventually pick this up because it is such a great feature. Uh, I'm glad we have it first. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I, that's the part that I love about the best is that it's just all automated. Like you don't yeah. have to deal with like sending people transfers. You don't have to worry yeah. about anybody scamming you. It's just like it's amazing. I'm, I I wish American sites had it. it would be incredible. Yeah, I I do think it's going to become very popular very fast with. Uh, the biggest sites around, which hopefully we are eventually, um, just because uh, I haven't heard one negative thing about it, not one. Yeah. And you know, in in the poker world, yeah. you could you could pull nine hundred and sixty six kids out of a burning building, and you would hear <laughs> a negative word about it somehow. That's right. True. So the fact that I haven't heard a negative word about it is uh, is pretty amazing. Awesome. That's really cool. So how are you finding the? Uh... The business. I mean, obviously, you've launched a poker business before because you're a partner in Tournament Poker Edge as well. But obviously, this is a whole other animal. Uh, are you enjoying that side of it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I love the honesty. It's great. I mean, we when we first started, we uh, we launched on um, it's the GG Network, 
and we launched on um, a tame platform, which basically means the network provides the software and the platform provides customer service and um, payment processing and all that good stuff. Um, they had never had a poker site before, Tame. They were predominantly just casino and uh, sports book. So we were their first kick at can um, at a poker site, and it was a nightmare. They didn't realize the customer service that was involved. And, you know, when it comes to poker, like if somebody calls and says, you know, or emails and says, hey, I can't deposit for this reason or whatever, you can't leave them hanging for 24 hours. Yeah, so it right. just wasn't working at all. So we changed platforms, and it's like like we just recently did this in the last little while. And it's like we're starting again. So now we have to go through all the heartache of getting all the payment processes in place again and all this stuff. So our existing customer base is like, hey, man, how come I can't use this now? And how come this is gone? And how come that is gone? But when it comes to payment processors, it's just not a phone call. Like you don't call up you know, Visa and say, hey, I want to start using credit cards on my site. And it's done. Right. You yeah. need to have existing trusted relationships, which because we're so new, we don't really have. Um, yeah. But almost everything is in place now. I, I expect all the hiccups to be gone in about another week or so. Um, new schedule coming in. There's a brand new tournament leaderboard that has 100k a month in giveaways, which is pretty incredible. Like most leaderboards are like a thousand dollars a week for the whoever yeah. wins the leaderboard or whatever. But 100k a month is is pretty awesome considering like uh. basically there is probably 500 MTT players on the whole site. And right. we're giving away a hundred k a month. Wow! So I uh -huh. mean, if you, if you're an MTT yeah, guy, yeah. You're just, you, you really are just giving away money, not being on the site. Bit crazy so, overall. Say that again. That I mean, it's it's, it's uh, I guess it's not overlay because it's not specifically to the tournaments, but to add to your you know like your profit and your EV of playing on that site. Sure. If, if, you're, if you're an MTT player at all. And you yeah. sign up, you're you're gonna get a prize because I yeah. think we pay out the top two hundred. First right. place is five k, and it goes you know four k, three k. But you're gonna get a prize no matter what because right. unless you literally play one tournament for the month and brick it, right? <laughs> you're gonna finish in the top two hundred. So yeah, a hundred k a month is pretty crazy, and uh, people are loving it. Um, I haven't heard really many complaints about the software at all. I think it really is. I think it's right up there with the best. Uh, I definitely think it's better than Party and 888. Um, obviously, Stars has great software. But the problem with Stars is they just juice you to death. They they, they charge a premium on everything, and that's not what we're about. Um, yeah. For example, our rake on our MTTs are 5% instead of like the industry standard of 9, 10, or 11. Yeah. You know, We just try and give as much back to the player. Obviously, we're a business. We want to be profitable. We want to make money. Um, we have shareholders to answer to, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But we feel like you don't have to make three billion dollars to <laughs> to be a great company. You know what I mean? Well, let's yeah. let's give as much back to the players as we can, and uh, and we'll go from there. Everybody's yeah, happy. Casey, I, I think that there's a real opening in the market for a more player friendly site than Stars. Um, you know, just a few from the chatter on, on Twitter and just in general in the poker community, people are just you know. Stars changed ownership. They, you know, they're they're not the site that they were. They don't have the, the the service and the you know the attention to the customer that they used to have, which really was what built Stars. So going like the 180 that they've taken has really created a huge, um, a, you know, a huge open 
venue for someone to come in and take that market. Um, so I think it's a smart business move to kind of position yourselves as the player-friendly site. Yeah, that's, that's well, I mean, that's what we want to do for a lot of reasons. One, it is a good business move. And two, we really believe that. Like, our, our partners are, um, my partners are Randy Casper and Eugene Castro, yeah. who owned um, PPI International for, I don't know how many years they've been in business, to be honest with you. But basically, they're player agents. So for the last 10 years or whatever, everything they did when it comes to negotiating deals for November Niners or... Uh, poker stars or full tilt or whatever deal they were doing they were always on the player side so now that's kind of like in their dna like everything right. they do and everything they think about is from the player's perspective yeah. so even though exactly. they're on management side it's just kind of inbred in them that they they have the players in mind so it's a really great concept for us and uh I think once we get all our hiccups straight because i'll be honest with you there are a few like i say payment processors and uh, just like even even little things like getting KYC document to function properly and stuff like that. Um, we've had some hiccups, but they're almost all solved now. And we're going to ramp up our marketing and uh, hopefully we knock it out of the park. Right. That's very cool. Well, for those who are listening, there is a uh, there's a link in the in the notes down below the podcast here where you can uh, you can sign up if you want to check it out. Um, so yeah, ppipoker.net. Head over there and uh, and sign up. All right, so let's. Uh, I can't believe it's this time already, but uh, it's almost April, which means we're coming up on World Series of Poker time. So we, of course, have to have a little discussion on the World Series of Poker. Uh, Diego and I talked a little bit uh, in the intro about kind of our plans for this summer, but uh, or, what or lack lack of plans in my case. Yeah. Not sure yet. <laughs> yeah, that could change, though. Yeah, we, we never know. We don't know what time. Yep. Um, but but yeah, what's on uh, what's on the docket for Big Dog at the World Series this year? I think I'm going to split it. Uh, my plan is right now, and again, this could always change, especially when you have young kids and stuff, but uh, um, I'm going to go out early uh, within five or six days of it starting and stay out there for a week, uh, get a couple tournaments in, and then come home, and then uh, planning on going back for the final three weeks. Nice. So four weeks total uh, split into two different stays with, you know, uh, a three four week break in the middle uh that way i don't get burned out because i have gone out there for the whole series before and i, I just end up wanting to kill myself halfway through yeah. um it's, it's too long and kid, with, kid, with kids at home it's hard to be away for that long yeah especially when you you know you have a one-year-old or whatever the yeah. case may be it's yeah. it's hard on the whole family when you're away that long so yeah. uh yeah that's my plan right now are you yeah. uh are you playing the like what's your take on the giant the colossus all the you know smaller buy-ins multi-day is that appealing to you or you prefer the bigger you know the 1500s the 2ks the 5ks the, the main event like, i mean i like the 1500s and the 2ks and the 5ks and stuff but i've always been one of those guys that don't mind reducing my variance and playing yeah. bigger fields with more fish yeah. um even when i've stayed and the world series for uh the whole series i've ended up playing you know six seven eight nine ten venetian tournaments just because uh I want to try and get, you know, even if you get a 15, 20K cash in there somewhere along the line, it helps you with your bottom line. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't mind those at all. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to comment on the whole idea of it being tough. I mean, we, you know, we've kind of talked about this on 
<clears throat> podcasts in the past, including this one and TP Live. But the World Series is a tough grind, even if you don't have kids. Like if you're a single twenty-five-year-old guy, it's still yeah. tough. Um, it's just a long time to be out there, and and that's kind of why I'm I'm planning to play a little bit less time because I just don't know that I play my best a hundred percent of the time when you're there for two straight months. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you're a live grinder, it's it's the greatest time of the year because, you know, that's what you do when you want to be in the thick of things. But when you play online predominantly, to suddenly switch to, you know, two straight months of live play, um, yeah. it's it's difficult for some of us. And it's the best time online because everyone is Absolutely. the biggest playing. <laughs> right. yeah. So do you, know, do you know if you're going to be out there for the tag team event? And if so... Do you know who your tag team partner is? I do not know if I'll be out there for the tag team event. I, when does it fall? Do you know? Because I haven't really um, even looked. It's pretty early. It's uh, June 5th, I believe. Is there, I is... imagine I'm probably arriving right around then. Yeah. So um, I would say there's a pretty good chance uh, I'd be out there for the tag team. Yeah, the Colossus is uh, that weekend. And then the, uh, the, t- the, um, the tag team is the Monday. So, so it's right, you know... Right as the Colossus goes into day two. Right. Oh my god, which means it's going to be a chaos. Yeah. Are you playing the tag team, KB? No, I won't be out there yet. Fair enough. Um, I, I'm kind of bummed because it was honestly like one of my favorite, actually maybe my favorite tournament last year. It was so much fun to play. It was like you the one tournament where nobody Carlos seemed to care. and uh, Mark? Yeah. Yeah. And it was just, it was just really fun. Like, I... Like I said, because of the buy, you know, it's a thousand dollar buy-in, but you, we, in our case, we split it three ways. So it's it's like a lower buy-in, but it's still a ring event. So you kind of have that prestige, but you don't really. I'm not, I don't want to say you don't care, but you don't. You're not as stressed out about the buy-in or anything. Right. So you just you have a good time, and because you can tag out, like you don't even really, you never get tilted or tired or anything, because you just say, "Oh, Carlos, come play for me. I'm out." Right. Um, I really enjoyed your pod, the TP Live podcast that you guys talked about the event. It just made yeah. me really jealous for not being there for that one. It was it sounded really fun. Yeah, the other thing that was great about it, I mean, it was very soft because the it, it seemed to attract a lot of recreational players because I think people use that as a really good excuse to like get a few buddies together, drive to Vegas or fly to Vegas, uh, and play a World Series event because you know they're like, hey, we can all play together. It'll be great. Yeah. Did all three of you guys get to uh, to play? Yes. Like, yeah, do we, they put, like, a certain bracelet number on you or something? Like, how do they know I'm even on your team? Yeah, you could definitely, um, there could have definitely been some, like, shenanigans going on. If if you wanted to be, I don't know that there were, uh, or why anybody would want to. But, um, basically, like, it, it's, it seemed like it was sort of self-policed by the table, essentially. Um, so you, so the first time, like, just like a regular event, when I sat down, I had to give my card. Uh, you know my my registration. You started. I think I did. No, actually, I think Carlos started. Now that I think about it, um, so he had to show his card, obviously, when he sat down. And then when I came and tagged in, which I'm pretty sure I did tag in second, I had to. It was basically like I was joining the tournament all over again. I had to show my card, show my um, driver's license, and start up again. But obviously, you know, eight hours later, it's a whole different dealer and a whole, you know different players at the table so it's not out of the question that somebody else could have come and tagged in for somebody um but i don't know that it was a prominent problem or anything so the first time you're in the tournament you got to show your id yes but they don't record anything or anything like that no not that i recall anyway yeah i mean it definitely seems like it opens itself up to collusion but whatever i mean sounds like a fun event 
Yeah. yeah. I'm sure they've thought about it and figured out what to do with it. Like, especially maybe as you get closer to the money or in the money, it's a little more closely watched, perhaps. Yeah, but... they, yeah they might start to watch a little bit closer. I mean, like, you know, our table was pretty much the whole the same people the whole time. So, like, I, like we would have known if somebody sat down that hadn't already checked in. But, as you said, as it gets later, maybe, like, the middle stages are sort of the... The sketchy zone. <laughs> you know, what they should do is just when you go sign up, how many people on your team? Three. Here's three bracelets. Yeah. You know, with a code on it, and the and right, you you have to have, like when you sit down in that chair, you have to have four, five, nine, nine. Yeah, that would be a good idea. And I wouldn't be surprised if they if they revise the structure a little bit this year. So maybe there is something like that. Or give every like okay, so you got three people, and you give them three bracelets, and then like a little. You know, button with the number on it so that it sits there when when you're tagging out, so that you it, you know it has to match the number that's that's mm-hmm. left behind the other from the other player. Perfect. Yep. Let's yeah. let's implement that. Yeah. Let's do and our own one series. Let's do yeah. our own one series. <laughs> and you do have to play a certain number of hands. I forget the exact breakdown. I think yeah. you had to play an orbit. Yeah. Uh, so you couldn't you know you couldn't be tagging in every other hand or anything. Right. You had to at least sit for an orbit. So that kind of kept the chaos to a little bit of a. But like, let's, a little bit of a minimum. Let's say you guys did that, and then like they wanted you to play the, the the final, you know, like after the money. How how would they prove that? Yeah, Carlos played an orbit, you know, in level four. <laughs> like, how, how are they supposed to know that he actually played an orbit? Does it have to be yeah. supervised? That's some, you know, like you guys, right. yeah, I played my orbit already. It feels like it has to be some sort of trap that you played your orbit. Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. All right, well, we sorry. Didn't, we, didn't make it, we didn't make it far enough to find <laughs> Mark punted on our behalf. Yeah. No, I was going to ask who punted it. Yeah, it was Mark, but it was... Uh, I forget the exact breakdown, but I do know that it was against Kate Hall's team. Um, it wasn't Kate Hall, but it was one of her teammates. And it was, it was actually a pretty big punt on the other person's behalf. And I don't exactly remember how it worked, but I think it was something like Mark opened the guy three bet and Mark shoved and the guy called off with like... Ace nine suited or something, I think. And I think we had nines and lost. I'll, I'll be honest. If you would have said who punted on your team, I would have laid three to one that it was Mark before I knew. <laughs> <it was Mark. laughs> yeah. yeah. But, and, I mean, and you because you can eliminate Carlos because you know he's going to get it in at least on a flip. Yeah, I would have gave yeah. ten to one that it wasn't him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, man. Hey, speaking of bets, I, this is way off topic, but I think it might be fun to talk about, especially with me and Casey, who've done weight loss bets together before. Have you guys seen Jamie Staples' weight loss bet? No. I saw it on Twitter, yeah. Yeah, so Jamie Staples, uh, he estimates he's at about 310, and his brother weighs about 130, and Bill Perkins gave them... So they they wagered 3K to Bill Perkins' 150K. Okay that they could be within one pound of each other a year from now. <laughs> wow, that's absurd. And, and what, what if Jamie is, weighs less than him? I know that's, that's likely. <laughs> yeah. But if they're going to get within one pound, he could, you know, he could like literally go overboard and be five pounds less. Yeah, but you could, you could probably drink like five pounds of water. Oh, you're right. You're, yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, okay. So that, like, a lot of people were asking, like, well, what are they going to do if they're like two pounds off? But that's like the easiest fix. Because right. you just right. you know one guy goes to the sauna and the other guy drinks a gallon. One guy of water. goes to the can and the other guy goes to the. So the strategy the is that his, his brother is going to try to bulk up too, right? That's the strategy. I mean, obviously, yeah. the strategy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, he's going to have to gain some weight. I don't know if his plan is to gain fat or to gain muscle. I think muscle weighs more, so I guess that'd be the that that'd be the smarter route, but not the easiest. I don't know. I don't yeah. know if it would be the smarter route because fat is a lot easier to put on than muscle. So even though muscle does weigh more, you have to put on a lot yeah. to get. Right. Like he's going to have right. to get to two hundred. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. not putting on seventy pounds of muscle in a year. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty absurd bet, but I, I, I'd like, say I, I would, I would make Bill Perkins a massive favorite in this bet. Yeah, a massive yeah. favorite. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, I would have to think so. I mean, I'm in the middle of a weight loss challenge, and I'm at twenty some pounds, and it's just, a, it's just a grind. Like, I'm, I'm just ready to throw myself off a building. Yeah, you don't have 150k in center, though. Very true. Very yeah. true. But I mean. It's just, I mean, let's just remove the incentive. Like, weight just doesn't fall off very fast after a while. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. The first couple of weeks, it's like falling off, and you're like, "This is so easy!" Like, I'm going to drop so many pounds, and then all of a sudden, it just it just comes to a, a screeching halt, and you just stop losing weight. Yeah, thanks for that massive revelation, KV. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I'm I'm all about stating the obvious today. Um, yeah, but, but I don't know. I I, I made, my only argument, I guess, was not not so much about the bet, but I thought, well, okay. Let's just say, like, Jamie loses, like, 70 pounds trying to win this bet. It's worth his half of the 3K. Or I don't know how they're breaking down their 3K that they're yeah. paying. But, right. Like, to, to get that but much if, healthier. Here's the thing. If Jamie only loses 70, there's no way they can make it. No, they won't. Yeah. But I just think, like, well, all of a sudden he's that much healthier and it costs him – you know, that's like that's like hiring a personal trainer, you know, like 1500 bucks, two grand or whatever for a year. Are they, like, are, are they, like, actual brothers or are they stepbrothers? They're actual brothers. And one of them's 130 and one of them's 310? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a <laughs> Either way, it's going to be fun to watch the, the progression. Because I mean, I it's think pretty cool that they both have a 1, 3, and a 0 in their weight. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> That's the only similarity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what, what's the optimal... Goal like two hundred, two hundred one. Like, is that what you got to be? Shooting? I would say the optimal goal is one eighty because it is going to be. It's more realistic that you can take off extra pounds than you can put on it. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know if Staples is getting to one eighty. I mean, he would really have to. Wait, in a year is a lot to go up. That's a hundred and thirty pounds, man. Yeah, like, he's got to lose his brother. He's got to lose his brother. <laughs> he's got to lose. His <laughs> he's got to. That's true. Maybe... <laughs> Maybe if he just kills his brother. Yeah. No, well, then, now he's got to go to one. <laughs> I did see, and I, I haven't seen confirmation of this from any of the involved parties, but somebody did say today that he's allowed to lose it by, or gain it by any means necessary. Surgery? So I guess that opens up to surgery and liposuction and belly bands and everything else. And um, juicing. Yeah. But, I, but then it's like, I, I mean, are you really going to invest like... Forty thousand dollars, yeah. yeah, to to still maybe lose the bet because yeah. I mean even if you get like the belly band and stuff, I mean you still have to lose weight. Yeah, you know, you're gonna have to exercise and stuff. So I don't know. I think it's gonna be a fun. It'll be fun to watch the progression. I, I have no idea what's gonna happen. I feel like we'll know within like two months if it's gonna if it's gonna be even a sweat. You know, I I, I put Perkins as a, a five to one favorite. Yeah, I think he's a pretty big. Favorite. Yeah, I mean Jamie has to lose like five pounds a week. Like that is a lot to lose <laughs> off your body. Like you'll get sick before you can lose weight that fast. 
I mean, you guys gave me a full year to lose 50 pounds in our weight loss bet when I went from 330 to 280 in the World Series of Poker, and I need it every day. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I went into Vegas. I brought my scale. I weighed in. KB, you weren't even in town yet. I weighed in in front of Mark. And then I'm like, okay, where's the beer and hot dogs? Like, yeah. <laughs> where's PT's? Where's the nearest PT's? Club? <laughs> like, by the time you got into town a week later, I think I was already up five pounds. <laughs> yeah. And and how much how much do you think you you drop just from eating habits? Like you go to salads and you know, grilled chicken every day instead of my weakness stuff. is pop and beer. I drink a lot of right. Pop okay, and that, beer. that too. Just like nothing. Like you are just if you can have the discipline of eating great for the year. You know, a couple of cheats here and there, but for the most part, super healthy. Like, what do you think that portion of the weight goes? It's got to be like fifty, sixty pounds, probably. Easily, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did have a personal trainer for six months. Well, the last six months going into Vegas, I got a personal trainer because I just was not going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love Bill Perkins. Hey, Bill, if you're listening, you know, offer me a hundred grand to lose 130 pounds. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's the only way I'm going to do it. You know. Yeah. Casey, I'll take the same bet with me and you. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have that far to go, though. So. Well, how much do you pay? Like no. 200? No, 185. 185. 185? Yeah. I forgot you're only 4 foot 1. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, He's a very large 4 foot 1. I, I, I pack it every pound. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be interesting. But like I said, it will probably, it'll probably be over... Bef- well before the year is up, you know, like there'll just be a point where it's unreachable, I think, o- or we'll think it's a sweat. One of the two, I guess. Yeah, and I, I, don't, we all agree. I don't think a buyout will happen because since it's unlikely that Bill's going to lose, I don't think Jamie's going to buy out for three, for the three K. What's he going to buy out for? Like a thousand? Gonna... <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Bill doesn't care about the hundred K or yeah. the three K. Right. right. Yeah. Bill's yeah. just he, smart. He knows that this bet really can't be done. I think he. Yeah. I think he's on the good end of this one. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, they also, like, they've kind of become friends. I think he's also just trying to encourage him to yeah. lose weight. You yeah, know? right. It's like, it's like, hey, man, lose some weight. Yeah. yeah. So, either way, good luck to the Staples brothers. Um, I, I kind of hope they make it just because it'll oh, be a fun for sure. Tonight, but we'll see what happens. Um, speaking of that sort of, uh, I have to ask because a million people have been asking, are we going to see Big Doug back on Twitch anytime? We are. Um, again, with PPI, I've been just so busy, but. Uh, once we have all our payment processing issues solved, um, all the PPI pros will be uh, twitching regularly, minimum two times a week. It's like right in the contract. So um, I will obviously be doing that as well. So, yes, we are going to be seeing Big Dog back on Twitch. Nice. I'll get my bladder ready. I mean, well, my bladder too, but also my liver. <laughs> yeah. Shot, uh, bottle of Jagger. Oh, man. God, that was painful for, for people who didn't watch it. Um, I, I was gonna say we pretty much drank a bottle of Jaeger, but it was probably eighty percent Casey, twenty percent me, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Oh, oh Jaeger, that's disgusting. Yeah, that was the hardest part <sighs> about it. That's just not my drink. Like, yeah, I could have done better. I, I don't think I still could have drank as much as Casey, but I could have done better with whiskey than I did with Jaeger. But it was brutal. But although, like, nobody like got sick or. Like, well, Danny passed uh, out violent. a couple hours in. He just walked up the stairs. So. Yeah, lightweight newfie. Yeah. <laughs> Turn, turns out Danny's not the man he used to be before he had a baby. 
Or maybe the baby has changed him, and he he would have kept going in the past until he did start throwing. Yeah, up. yeah, that's true. Wish I had that kind of self control. Yeah, same. One of these days. Um, <laughs> all right, anything else we got to cover before we jump into a little bit of strat? Yeah, let's get to some hands, man. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, I'll do the first one, I guess, or I'll run down the first one. So this is actually one that uh, was submitted by a TP member or post. A TP member posted it to our forums. Um, TP member Naz47. What's up, Naz? Hopefully you're listening to this. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so I'm just going to kind of read through exactly what he said. So we do have some, not really reads, but we have some numbers. Uh, it says, Villain was playing VPIP 37 with a preflop raise of 11, 3-bet of 7. So pretty... Pretty loose. Yeah, definitely like seeing some flops for sure. Um Nas 47 stats were 25, 16, 7, which sounds pretty optimal, actually. I wish my preflop raise was that high. Yeah. Those sound like um, numbers. Yeah, that's, uh, it actually does kind of sound like big dog numbers. Uh, his bet sizing on the flop in turn made me think he was not nutted. Oh, he's talking about the hand that's coming up. Okay, so this is uh, in a tournament on Poker Stars. The blinds are 100, 200 with an ante of 18. Uh, our hero is on the button with 86 point. One seven big blinds. I like to be very exact. Um, the villain in the hand has sixty two big blinds, so they're super deep. Um, our hero has the ace of diamonds and the ten of clubs. Uh, we see one fold, and then from under the gun, under the gun plus one raises to two big blinds, so four hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the villain in the hand calls. He's in middle position. Uh, middle position plus two also calls. And then our hero calls in the big blind with, uh, like I said, the ace of diamonds and the ten of clubs, which I think calling there is obviously pretty standard to a min-raise when three people are already in the pot. I think we can all agree on that. Nope. Yep. <laughs> okay, I agree with that. <laughs> um, so the flop is the jack of spades. Uh, sorry, the nine of spades, the jack of diamonds, and the seven of diamonds. So, again, we have ace-10. So we have a gutshot straight draw, a backdoor nut flush draw, and, I guess, an overcard. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, small blind checks, under the gun one checks, and our villain in the hand bets... Uh, I, so he's putting the numbers in big blinds. So 4.25 big blinds, so like 8.50, I guess. Um, I'll help you with that one, Bob. <laughs> You're going to have to really help me on the turn, I promise. Like 35, um, 35% of the flop or so. 30, yeah. 40%. Um, and we see one fold, and then our hero calls. And the rest of the people fold. Um, and I think this is kind of interesting, because I want to see what you guys think about this call. I'm personally calling here all the time, because I do have the back throw, not flush draw. I have a gut shot straight draw. And we're so deep that when we make our hand... Like, we, we're loving life. But I want to see what you guys think. Oh, I'm definitely calling here. There's absolutely no doubt about it. He's giving me a great price to call, 35% of the pot. Um, I do have backdoor nut diamonds. I do have a yeah. gut shot. And I do have an overcard. So uh, I'm definitely putting in four big blinds here. Um, I still have over 80 big blinds if it's to go south. Uh, it's an easy call for me. It's just a no-brainer mm. call. Can I play devil's advocate here on sure. this one? Um 
You won't be right, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I think I do call here too, just um, for the reasons that you stated. But I, devil's advocate? <laughs> no, but I, <laughs> I, I think I do call. But the reason that I want to bring up the alternative here is, um, so first off, this is the guy he he called. He wasn't the original opener preflop, right? And he's got a thirty-seven VPIP, so he's going to have like just all kinds of cards here, right? That are kind of in this range. And so I'm not saying that he got smashed by this flop, but he's probably it's probably going to be he's probably going to have some piece of it. Um, I would guess because he's betting into three other people, and he was one of the you know pre-flop he just he just called with such a wide range. And and like I get like I it, you know I, we have like backdoor flush and we have an inside straight draw, but like I guess I feel better with an open-ended straight draw here as opposed to an inside. Um, and for the, like for those reasons, I'm like wondering like you know, it just with so many people like and plus it's probably going to be other people who call who have something similar. I have to like really hit well, like even if I on my on the turn, I it's it's a diamond. It could get you know more more and more expensive to keep playing this hand without you know like real power. Um, there just may be so many people in here, or he may I may have a hard time getting him to fold, fold you know on the turn. Which makes me think about it a little bit more. So I don't know. I don't know. That's what, can, that's what can, I'm thinking. Can I play devil's advocate to the devil's advocate? Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. See, I, I see. I'm not even really like. I think I agree with you that this flop hits this guy's range way better than it does ours. Yeah. But that's okay with like. I don't think we're calling because I think we have the best hand. Yeah. Um, I, I think we're. Gonna, I think I'm calling because we have, you know, a lot of draws. Yeah. Backdoor, well, a draw and a backdoor draw, um, and we're so deep, and the implied odds are so big when we make our hand, um, and especially for a guy this loose, like I think we're because of that, we're like more likely to get paid off than we would against a tighter villain. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think we're getting laid to just too good of a price to fold. Yeah, but... can I play God to the two <laughs> <laughs> to okay. the two dolts? <laughs> no, uh, I'm going to agree with KB a hundred percent. Um, I just feel like if you're just folding this spot, what's the sense of playing poker? Like, <laughs> just play aces every time and get as many chips in as you can because uh, your hand is too good just to be folding here when he's right. betting such a small amount of the, the pot. Um, yep, the guy was in mid position and he's playing a lot of hands, so he could have 10-8, he could have a set, uh, but he could also have hands like 5-6 uh, of diamonds. and mm-hmm. hands. Literally, your hand is still ahead of. Yeah. Um, and you're going to get a lot of value if you do happen to hit your hand. Um, so uh, you are still in position, so you can rep things on different streets. Um, you know, if a diamond peels off on the turn, you can rep a flush. Uh, I, I just think this is an easy call. Like, I, w- I wouldn't even consider doing anything else. Okay. Uh, you know, because I don't know. Uh, he is playing such a wide range. I probably wouldn't raise here because... Even though I'm in the big blind, I can literally rep just about anything. No, you're um, you're just, in the button. You're in the button, by the way. Okay, the yeah. So I just think the hand has too much value. I just yeah. think it's a call. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I think I think I I probably just call it out thinking too much. I'm just trying to think it through, and I can that I can that's the argument I can make for folding. But I think I'd probably just call here. Yeah, yeah. I I wanted to kind of dig into that spot a little deeper because I was surprised at the number of people in the comments below who said fold the flop. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'll, I'll have a link to this uh, in the podcast notes so people can go read other people's thoughts and stuff on the hand. But, I mean, if uh, you have I 20 just... big lines, folding the flop is right. 
But if yeah, you have right. 80 big blinds, yeah. and the villain is 60 big yeah, he's blinds. He's got 62, yeah. Yeah, it's a, a call. Yeah. 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 You, you I, still have uh, many options here to make the nuts. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that, Casey, and, and I think it sounds like, Diego, you're, you, you say you would play it that way as well, even though you can see an argument for the other side. Because so, I'm calling here like 100% of the time, and I'm just like, man, am I this bad at poker? I probably should. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Um, all right, so we go to the turn with uh, 20, basically 20 big blinds in the pot, so that's going to be like 4K. Yeah. Uh, oh, man, yeah. sort of okay at my math. Mm-hmm. Um, and the turn is the Queen of Spades. So now we have seven Jack of Diamonds, nine Queen of Spades on the board. Uh, so now we have a double gutty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously no more flush draw. Um, and the villain bets 1,200. So about another like third, actually a little less than third pot bet. Um, and we're heads up now, by the way. Every, I, I think I mentioned that everybody else in the hand folded on the yeah. flop. But in case I didn't, we are now heads up. So, yeah, so he bets, like, yeah, under under third pot bet uh, And when we, when we do pick up some outs. Um, but obviously these could be outs for the villain, too. So what do you guys think here? Well, I mean, I could see by... Uh, I mean, I know what I do. I just snap call because this is the dream scenario. Now my draw has just got better. The mm-hmm. guy is literally pricing me in to see my draw. He literally is giving me no other choice but to just call because he's given me the most fantastic price ever to chase my double gutty. Yeah. He's bet six blinds into almost, you know, 20 and a half. Um, we're still mega deep. There's mega implied odds. Uh, it's a, just in, like the easiest call ever. I'm just like clicking call so happy right now that he didn't bet like 75% of the pot. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I was kind of thinking. Like, uh, you know, short of short of seeing a diamond like this or a straight coming in, like this is a pretty good card for us. But if he, you know, if the guy pots it, we we now kind of have to fold. But yeah, we don't kind of have to. We have to fold if he pots it. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Diego? You agree with all that? I'm just trying to figure out what a six big blind bet here means. Like, what it. I'm trying to figure out what that, that does to his range here. Like, how, 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 am I, how do you I mean, he's repping the nuts. He's literally repping that, 10, right. 8, or right, 10, okay. 10, or set, yeah. or he's, he's repping the nuts. He's like, oh, give me as much action as you can. That's right. why I just think, like, I could see from the hand that the hero raises here. Um, this is, like, never a raised spot, ever, in my, in my game. He's cool. absolutely repping the nuts. He's pricing me in to see my draw, which means if I do hit my draw, in my mind... I'm getting huge implied odds because I know this guy has a big hand. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is just like, like it's like two plus two. It's just a call. Yeah. Like I just click call so quick, and I'm just like call. You know, let me yeah. hit my card. Sometimes too, when I see a small bet like this in a in a pot that's played this way, I, I'll sometimes think this guy has a flush draw too, um, or maybe like. Well, if he had an open ender, I guess now he's got he's made a hand. But, um, but yeah, I definitely agree with you that I mean I'm calling every time. But as you mentioned, our hero raises and a pretty hefty raise at that um, over three x. Uh, I am not going to try to multiply eighteen point nine three times two. Um, but really, somewhere, somewhere, <laughs> that's hard. That's hard for you. <laughs> well, I, the exact number. I mean, I know it's like around thirty six hundred. I guess something like that. Um, 
But yeah, I'm not going to try to do the exact math on the on the 0.93 part of that. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> you can round up to 19 if you want. No, that's too hard. Nine is way harder to multiply by. 3786. <laughs> wow. You got out a calculator. KB, all you have to do is double every number. <laughs> that's hard. Oh. Um and I, yeah, I really not. Anyway. Welcome back to the podcast, <laughs> and welcome back, Derek. Uh, Casey. It's not like they're asking you like a, a point times a point. It's this <laughs> times two. Uh, you know what I mean? It's 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 times two. Like what's a million times two? Like it's more, more millions. <laughs> Like it's uh, really not a hard question, yeah. even though it's eighteen point nine three. But anyway, right. I'm going to insist. I'm going to insist that all members in the future put their hands in in chip quantities, not in <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have to get berated. Um, but anyway, I as Casey, you, you started. Eric you started... is five, and he's working on his. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Sorry, Casey, right, wake it. Wake him up. I want to hear if he gets all of this. Casey, let um, me just let me just ask. As played though. If you were to raise, what bet size? Like, I'm going back and forth whether I should go bigger, just the right size, or smaller. If he's, you know, if he's going to fold, he's going to fold to probably smaller. Um, so maybe it doesn't. Like, it actually, doesn't I mean, as raises goes, if he has him on a draw, this is actually probably a pretty good raise size. Good size, yeah. Okay. Because you're going to you're going to um, price him out of his draw. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. They're deep enough to, to go nine, almost nineteen big lines and yep. still fold, and you know, still end up having your fifty-eight big lines left or whatever the case may be. So, uh, yeah, I think this is actually pretty good sizing. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 All right, but we but that being said, we like a call here way better. Like, yeah, in, infinitely better. I think. Yeah. Yep. All right. Cool. So uh, we go to a river. So, oh, uh, sorry. So, yes, the villain raised. Yeah, or sorry, hero raised. Uh, the villain does call, um, which is now telling me that. I mean, I guess he could still have draws, but I mean, it just it. I think it does narrow. Like, it makes it more likely that he has a big hand. I think. Yeah, with him calling on this huge raise. Uh, yeah. It, to me, it's. I mean, I, I would feel he, he's pretty nutted the whole way, um, yeah. but. Yeah, with the call here, I don't think he's just on a draw. Right. Um, okay, so with that, we go to the river. There are, uh, <laughs> there are 58 big blinds in the pot, which is... Uh, Times one. 10,600? Did I do that right? No one's even asking you to do this. Why? <laughs> I know. I don't know. Now I want to prove that I can do math. Um <laughs> And the uh, the why river you, is why after you do the math, you go is, is that right? Like we can all see your eyes squinting and everything. <laughs> like we don't even have to see your face to know you. Is that right? Like so, it's not like you're doing the math confidently. I'm just saying. You know what the worst thing is? Is I am literally squinting. Well, of course, oh, I know. <laughs> we know you too well. We just spent too much time with you in Vegas. <laughs> oh, okay, so. The river is the six of diamonds. There's 58 big lines in the pot. And our villain checks. Yep. So now the board reads nine, jack, seven, queen, six, three diamonds. A reminder, we have the ace of diamonds. What do we like to do here when the villain checks? So before we give an answer, 
I, I would say representing the amateur player, like this is when I hate life, when I have raised a turn and I kind of, I feel like I've kind of committed myself here now to, to, to bluff at it, but given that he just called uh, on the turn, I'm like, I feel like he's nutted, right? So Casey, like, like, can I give up here and just say, ah, I, you know, I, I feel like this guy's nutted and he's, he's, he's not going to fold, or, or do I have to follow through here? And, I mean, and, 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 I, I'm not sure what the guy's plan is on the turn, but if his plan is, well, I don't think this guy is mega nutted. He has something with showdown value. I'm going to raise the turn and then get him off on the river if I have to. Yeah. Then I like the follow through. Um, yeah. To me, it just, with bet sizing, it screamed like he had a hand the whole time. Right. Um, literally, I'm just seeing, like, I never read down on the hand history. I'm seeing what the guy has now. Um but I did feel like he had a hand the whole time. Uh, having said that, the way he played the turn, I, I kind of like following through on the river. Okay. Okay. Um, especially when he checks to you on the river, it, it screams to me that he has showdown value, but um, there's still enough big blinds to be bet on the river where you could definitely push him off a lot of hands. Right. Um, you know, yeah, maybe he has something like uh, Jack-10 or... Or, or, or something like that, um, that you, you're able to push them off. Um, so I, I, I kind of like following through on the river. Yeah, and it kind of helps our story, obviously, that we have the Ace of Diamonds, so we know he doesn't, and right. yeah, we can we can rep yeah. around the flush draw. Um, yeah, what do you think, Diego? Uh, like, what's your sort of – I mean, I, I hate to ask what your standard player is because this isn't a standard hand. Yeah. But... No, I mean, I, I usually go in if with a you know, give a plan. If I'm raising the turn, I'm, I'm doing with a plan, and I'm battling myself to not give up here. And I, I you know, I probably will follow through. But there's a part of me that's like, uh, you know, I, 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 am I going to get into fold? But I, I just feel like you have to do it here if you're going to play the, the turn that way. You have to just go for it. And I think especially since it was a diamond, on, on like you just said, I know you just said that, but that really. It's a big factor for me because then it does feel like I have more, you know, old bluff value here when, yeah. when that comes up. So I think I, I would do it. But if it was like, you know, if it was like uh, an eight of clubs or something, like, I don't know, I'd be like, shit, that actually hits him again and he might, you know. Well, the eight of clubs gives you a straight. Just so you know. Oh, all oh, right. Okay. So I meant something. <laughs> oh, some, my some... God. Who am I? Yeah, make, make fun of me now, Diego. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sorry, I got an infinitely no. complex, a, a complex game, complex board, confused. Not no, two times eighteen. No. I'm not sure what this is times. I'm not sure what this is times two, and I'm not sure what a straight is. Anyways, we're your two hosts of yeah. the tournament poker edge podcast. This is why we bring in the pros. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I I agree with you, Digga. Like, I think in game, like my standard. I, again, I hate that word, but what I would tend to do here, I think, is shove the river because we've we've told the story and it's I guess it's time to stick to it. But after breaking the hand down, like I kind of agree that I think he's just going to be nutted here a lot. And now, I, like if I were reviewing this hand and it were mine, I'd be like, I probably should just give up the river. Like if I had infinite time to think about it. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you don't have that much time, and you got to make a decision. So. Uh, in this case, our hero shoves. Uh, he has 43 big blinds behind, by the way. So the pot is, is just under 60 big blinds, and our hero is just 43, but uh, the effective is just 37 because that's what Villain has left. 37.22. Do you know what that is times 2-2? Two, two, or <laughs> times 2? 
74.44. See how easy it is when you just, <laughs> no, you just have to Yeah, but you know how hard I had to squint to do, to do that? <laughs> um, uh, and the villain does call and shows the 9-9 for a set. And he rakes a massive 132 big blind pot, which I will not multiply by two. Even though I could. You want to try four. Do I, you want to try your ten times table next? <laughs> I have a cheat sheet for that one. Okay, it's right next to my push fold chart. Um, so yeah, so I, I don't know. I thought it was an interesting hand. Uh, again, there's a link down below for people to go uh, check out some of the other comments because there is some um, some interesting discussion uh, afterwards. So uh, you guys can kind of see what what the, the what the hero thought and also what some of the guys in the forum thought. So. Just for the record, to summarize, I like the flop play, where he's just calling, and I like the river check or river shove, where he's trying to follow through. But the turn play is is where he loses me in the hand. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I think I, uh, I think I would agree. And the cool. turn play also makes it so that you need to risk your tournament life to to try and yeah. win this pot. Yeah, obviously, if we just call the turn, then the, we're not shoving the river anymore. Yeah, if, if we just call the turn and we brick, we're in the pot for 12 big blinds, and we start yeah. the next hand with 74 big blinds. Yeah. Instead? Yep. Instead, we're showers. <laughs> cool. All right. Um, I guess we'll move on to another hand. You want to take this one, Diego? Yeah, definitely. Um, ooh, this one's not formatted, so this will be a fun one to kind of decipher. Um, all right, so Edin Scott Fish... Uh, the title of the thread is BVB multi-bowed bluff at the final table of a $5.88 deep stack. Um, he lists the final table payouts. It looks like there's still nine players left, so it must be pretty early at the final table. Uh, ninth pays 38 bucks. First pays four fifty-five. Um, so you can see kind of eight payouts and think about ICM. Um, let's look here. The blinds are at twenty five hundred five thousand. With an ante of six twenty-five, our hero has two hundred and sixty k. So he has a little over fifty bigs, fifty-two, I guess. Um, Show off. Yeah, <laughs> I divide by five. Um, okay, so basically, he has queen three suited in the big blind. Um, it folds all around to the small blind who who raises to 10.3k. Once again, we're at a 5k big blind, so a little over 2x. Um, so let's stop there for a second. Queen three suited. Is this a spot where we should just call, fold, raise? What do we want to do in the big blind in a blind versus blind battle? You're asking me. I'm 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 assuming. Let's start. Well, let's start with Eric, and then we'll. Um. I tend to just call in these spots because uh, we have a hand that I don't mind taking to the streets. Yeah. You know, a suited queen um, in a blind versus blind battle, so we're in position. Um, and I don't, I just don't really want to raise here and then you know have this guy pile in my face and have to fold a hand that I really would have liked to have seen a flop with. So, yeah. um, it, it, obviously, a little bit villain dependent, but even with that, I'm rarely raising here. I think I agree with that, Casey. I mean, given the fact that it's a final table and we're both fairly deep, I think this is just a standard call. 
Um, I don't know if a queen three is, even though it's suited as a hand I want to take to the streets like KB, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely willing to peel the flop here for one big blind in position, um, yeah. especially if I feel like I have an edge on whoever's playing in the small line. Um, yeah, and, um, and let me just mention, they also, Casey, the, the small blind has basically the same amount of chips as us. He has 268K, so just, right. you know, one more big blind than us, or one and a half big blind. So. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just calling here. Nice and deep. Yep. And, you know, as far as chip stacks go, um, it's worth talking about that since we're at a final table. Um, there's one guy with 627K. Um, there's someone with 432K. There's someone with 312. Someone with 315. Then us, uh, two players in the hand with 260. And then a bunch of guys like at 130, 140, 150. So no one's super short. Um, no, so Everybody's no one's ready to bust. 20 big blinds effective. So yep, yep. There's a lot of play. This is a lot of play here at this final yeah. table. Gonna, it's going to take a while. You, you know, you don't have to. You could settle in and kind of go for the long call here. So, yeah. so sorry with that. Um, okay. So, but our, our, our hero here does raise um, to 22.5K. Um, I mean, what are the pros for raising here? You think you could take it down um, pre-flop? I guess, you know, I, I don't know if you take it down that big of a percentage of the time. It doesn't really cost this guy, you know, much to just throw in the 14k or whatever it is uh not 14k he raises to 10 point oh he, yeah no no he, he raises 22k so so you know what this um, hand history is very confusing the hand history isn't right because it has yeah. him raising to 22.5 which is effectively an 11,188 yeah. chip raise and it then has the guy calling 14,600 yeah something's well, that is kind of weird. I feel like it's twenty. He raises to twenty five k or something like that. I think that seems like more what actually he. Given if the guy calls fourteen point six k, he must have raised to twenty five k. Let's just say that that's what it is. So even like see so even that like raising to twenty five k. I mean now going the small boy now gets some pretty good odds to call depending on what he has. So I would raise bigger if I'm going to raise here. What do you what do you think, Casey? I'm still confused on how we got this hand history when the numbers don't make sense. KB was writing the script of this map. <laughs> I was in charge of this one. Derek's the, the PokerStars random number generator. I mean, I think the 3-bet is fine if he makes it 25K. I think that um, playing out of position... Um, I mean, personally, I'm flatting here, but if you are going to 3-bet, you want to make it a little bit bigger so the guy yeah. is not priced in. That's what um, I'm saying. And, yeah. the, and the one real pro to it is... Um, it allows me to rep hands on the river a lot more effectively than just calling. Yeah, yeah. Th- those are the pros. But again, KB hit the real big negative is what happens when the guy four bets? Because you're definitely deep enough to four bet fold here, so you're just opening the door for a world to hurt. Um, okay. So yeah, it's just a call for me. But if you are going to three bet, you know, make it a little bit bigger just so um, <clears throat> a. He, the guy's out of position, so there's a chance he folds. And B, it gives you uh, the ability to rep a much stronger hand on the uh, on the flop in position. So I'm going to read um, what our hero wrote in the po- in the in the thread because um, he asked a couple questions, and one of them has to do with the pre-flop. So he says, uh, "Does this line make some sense?" I decided to use Queen Three suited in my three bet range from the big blind against a small blind range, as it allows me to represent a much better range when barreling if it goes to a flop. And it's not very playable as a call. I think we disagree with that, right? 
it is pretty playable as a call. I, I mean, think it's, it's not playable as a call out of position, but in right, position, right. In position it certainly yeah. gives you a lot more options. Yeah. Um, so I would disagree with that statement. Yeah. Um, the second half of the statement, I agree, I disagree with the first yeah. half where you know he gets the range stronger hands, um, yep. represents stronger hands. I, I said that before you even yep. read that. So yeah, I, I agree with that. But um, okay. I, I mean, personally, I like playing post slop, so I'm okay with yeah. playing queen in position. Yep. Um, yeah, I do it all day long, every day. Yep. So he said, uh, having watched too many blind defense videos, um, you can never watch too many blind defense videos. Uh, I've had a lot of success, especially at the micros with an aggressive strategy from the big blind against small blind and button raises. I mean, that's an interesting point here in the fact that, you know, you know, he's, he's, he's applying something that he learned and he's having success with it at this level. I mean, he's, you know, it's, I can see, you know, using what he's done successfully, um, again. Right. Um, but now he's wondering, he's wondering if he's just taking it too far this time. Well, I mean, (laughs) again, with everything is, um, you cannot under you like you can't undervalue the fam the fact that this sample size is too small. This is one yeah. hand. If this goes, yeah. I don't even know what happened to it. But if this goes horribly wrong, um, right. it's one hand. So yeah. this could his strategy of three betting here in the micros or in these stakes could uh, certainly be effective. Uh, and he yeah. needs to continue to play with it. Um, every time you do something, every time you four bet with aces, it's not going to work out doesn't mean it's not a, a, the right idea though you know what i mean so yeah. if he's having success with it i would i would keep going and uh his logic makes sense that if he has had success in the past why wouldn't he continue to do that yep. you know if it's not broke don't don't fix yep. it okay yep. okay hey derek anything else before i move on nope <clears throat> all right so then let's go to the flop um we're guessing there's what maybe like 50 uh 50 60k in the pot it's hard to tell yeah, about fifty-six k, seven k. Seems like that. Okay, so let's let's we'll say there's fifty-five k in the pot. Um, the flop is ace of clubs, seven of clubs, ten of hearts, and our our hero has spades, so he is not on a flush draw now. Uh, once again, ace of clubs, seven of clubs, ten of hearts. Um, our villain checks to us, and so now we're in position. Um, and so I'll just ask what. I think he asks it in the thread here, the, the, the relevant question. Um, after re-raising pre, is a C-bet mandatory? I'm C-betting here uh, pretty much all a- the time. Absolutely. Especially with the ace on the flop, yeah. right? I mean, the whole point of three-betting yeah. was if you do get called, yep. you can range, you can bet a whole, uh, yep. uh, you know, represent a stronger range of hands. Yeah. Uh, ace, 10, 7 seems like this is right in the uh, yep. nut flop for uh, someone three betting. So it's yep. a C bet for me one yep. million percent of the time. Yep. yep. Okay. And what about the size? If we have the price of 50, he bets 28K into 55K, perfect. a little large. Is it, is it is it perfect or is it, I mean, we are. 52%? I guess it's 50%. Yeah. I mean, I, couldn't you get away with 40K or does it, does it matter? I'm willing to bet that there's. 40%. I'm willing to bet there's 56.5 in the pot. And, and you just bet half. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah. Okay. Good call. Yep. Okay. But can't you get away with a little less? I mean, maybe sure. not blind versus blind, but... Sure, you can. But uh, every once in a while, if, you, if you're if you nutted, you want to try and get as much value as yeah. you can. So right. betting 50% looks stronger at times. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. yep. Okay. He's taking an aggressive um... line, so I don't mind an aggressive C-bet. Yep. Yeah, I'll say I don't mind this sizing uh, like Casey. I will say one thing that, uh, and this is something that Mark has been working with me on. 
I think sometimes my bet sizing here is going to depend on my plan for the turn. So, like, if if my plan here is to be one and done, then I'm going to go a little bit bigger. And But if my plan here is to barrel, like, a bunch of turn cards, then I'll go a little bit smaller just, just to sort of save myself some chips for that turn bet. Right. But that being said, this flop is one where I'm going to be... I'm almost certainly going to be one and done. Like, even if a king, a queen, a jack, even if any of those peel, I'm yeah. not going to bet the river, I don't, or sorry, the turn. Um, yeah. Wow, no, I don't man, know if that's, that's a mistake. That's the totally opposite of me. Yeah, see, I, I was going to say, I'm interested to see what what you think about that. So, I guess we'll get to that on the turn, but... Okay. So, let's... Uh, one last point on the on the, on the the flop. Um, after he asks, is re-raising pre... After re-raising pre, is a C-bet mandatory? He says, I felt so because I have all the strong A's in my range... And felt that he caps himself somewhat by calling, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, by calling, he could certainly have some A's in his range and occasional sets that are simply still playing to trap me. But yeah, okay. It's, yeah, I just think, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, he can have he can yeah. have aces, and he can also have yeah. like flat kings trying to trap, and he could have sets. But yeah. I, I, we have, as they say, the range yep. advantage here. So I'm I'm gonna go. With okay. That. Yeah, I think there's just no question that that betting is fine here so let's move on now to the turn the turn so now what do we think is in there uh now i guess 112 113 113k yeah okay so 113k um the turn is the five of spades so to recap the board um ace of clubs seven of clubs ten of hearts five of spades we have three queen we three bet pre-flop we see bet the flop and our villain uh, once again checks to us, and our hero asks the relevant question. Um, after he calls uh, the seabed on the flop, is it sensible to barrel the turn? Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, uh, actually, I chill out here. I guess um, I, I think he has a piece of this, and in blind versus blind, it's likely that he'll stick with me. Um, is what I'm thinking, but. I don't know, Derek. Then I guess Casey can rip us apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I'm shutting down here too. Um, I I'm not sure if Casey's going to say he would see bet this one, or if he would just see bet it when it comes like a queen or a king, or I'm sorry, yeah, queen king jack. But um, I'm shutting down here. But I, I'm anxious to see what Casey has to say. I mean, I uh, when I decide to tell my story, I, I don't I don't die before the plot has hit the. <laughs> Oh, I like uh, it. Oh, wow. I've, I've re-bet pre. I've C-bet the flop. This guy could be floating just to float. Um, if I check behind here, he may rep the ter- the river. Um, okay. I, I feel like I'm limiting my own options by checking um, the turn. Um, I definitely go ahead with a barrel here. Having said that, if we're right about our math with 113K, I see that he bets 40K. I yeah. probably bet like fifty five here because yeah, totally uh, bigger. you know, if he is on a draw, which he could have, he could have things here like, you know, King Jack of Clubs or uh, maybe not even that strong, but you know King King Eight of Clubs or whatever the case may be, he could be on a draw here. So uh I definitely want to keep telling my story. Yeah. Um I think uh the fact that he just called my three bet and the fact that he just called my C bet and then checks to me on the turn doesn't scream monster to me small blind to big blind um if he happens to smash it i just load up another tournament um 
but I'm 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 gonna follow through and bet the turn at least and see what the river is. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm as I hear you say that. Um, I think you make some good points, I, and you mentioned that. Actually, I think Diego mentioned that blind versus blind. He's gonna stick with us a lot, but that also means he's gonna like he's gonna stick with us on the flop a lot and then fold the turn a lot. You know, right. so if he does have a gut shot or he has like seven yeah. eight or jack ten, like you know, those are some hands that he might actually fold on the turn that he did stick in there. Like, I, I yeah, I, I was probably jumping the gun by saying, oh, he, he obviously has an ace. You know? How come you always change your mind once I Because <laughs> you're always right. It's true. Awesome. <laughs> First great point by KB tonight. <laughs> yes, I, I guess, got one in. I guess if we're going to go back to what Casey was saying about telling the story, if I'm trying to tell the story here, then that I have an ace, you got to. What's the bet size that would would continue that? I guess it is a, a bit bigger, right? It's you got to you got to complete telling the story, not just. Well, you, know. you want to tell a B movie, or you want to tell an A? Yeah, <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Wow, you're X. very very. <laughs> you're full of symbolism today, and. <laughs> Very poetic. <laughs> um, all right, so let's see what else he says here. Uh, he says, I figured with the ICM purchase of the final table, he could potentially be pushed off a weak ace or most sevens or tens and maybe a weak, weak a weekly player flush draw. Weekly played, I assume. Weekly play, okay, weekly played flush draw, yeah. Um, I don't think we're going to get him to fold an ace here very often. No, never. Either, but, no. Uh, but, there, but yeah, there's plenty I of other stuff. aces are limited. His aces yeah. are limited to like uh, under ace nine. That is not a seven or a five. Yeah, yeah. You know, if yeah, because I think he has ace seven or ace ten or ace five. Um, he's probably raising here in case the yeah. other guy is on a draw. And if you do check behind here, um, just thinking ahead on you know a relatively non non-interesting river. Can you bluff the river, or have you given up your right to kind of go for it by checking here, like, is, is the check, the turn check? I don't think you've given up your river, but I think it's a lot more likely that you're going to get called yeah, on right. the river bet. Right, and if you're going to put, if you're going to try for this, you might as well place that bet here, because it has a lot, like, yeah. the, the leverage that that, you, that he faces on a river bet once you, you make a turn bet makes you do yeah. that. Like, in order to pull out triple barrel Carol, you need to put in double barrel Tarot. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, if I'm if I'm going for this hand, yeah, uh, I'm okay. definitely I'm definitely playing the turn as okay. played by him, but probably sizing slightly bigger. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Now let's go to the river. Unless uh, Derek, anything else you want to ask or add? Nope. Good to go. Okay. So uh, now here, um, the river is the four of diamonds. So it's uh, definitely a, no no flush draws out there. Um, it's ace of clubs. Well, forget about the suits don't matter anymore. Ace seven ten five four on the board. Um, that's a pretty good card for us, I think. To 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 triple barrel. Um, I mean, I don't think it hits him that much. And if you're gonna if you're gonna plan to if you're betting the turn, I think here is what you know that spot once again. You gotta gotta carry through. Um, so I would, I would, I'm not sure what we have in the pot now, but I would, I'm guessing we have to kind of bet it all, right? If we're gonna bet, yeah, so, I don't know. 193,000 in the pot. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. Let me just say, like, I I have no idea how this hand ends because I'm only looking at the post and uh, it just ends right here. It just says 
check, check, that's how it's played. I sort of reveal that. But personally, um, this is much like the first hand, where if you're going to play the flop and the turn like that, um, I liked his river shove on the first hand. Um, I'm, I'm shoving this every time, like every yeah. single time. I'm just like, if the guy literally happened to have hit two pair after he called my three bet, Right. Great. But it's hard to make great hands in poker, especially small blind to big blind. Um, I think this guy is clinging to life. There's ICM reasons where he's going to fold mediocre hands. I'm just shoving this every single time. Yeah. And I have no idea what's in the hand. I suspect I'm probably wrong and the guy has a monster because, you know, otherwise, why are you posting the hand? But for me, <laughs> this is a shove. Uh, there's just a lot of hands, like it's draw heavy right off the hop. Guy could have king queen. He could have a couple of clubs. Um, the guy's gonna yeah. play draws like that if he's worried about ICM. Uh, to me, this is an easy shove on the river. Yeah, I'm with you, Derek. Um, I think, like I said, I probably was out on the turn. But if I didn't, if I had barreled the turn, I mean, this seems like pretty much the best river we could ask for. I mean, the flush yeah. draw doesn't get there. Uh, no straight draw. I mean. Technically, a straight draw comes in, but it's like the least likely straight of all time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. like he would have and had to fold. And we have like told six, a eight. strong story the whole yeah. way, so yeah. the guy has to consider hand, shutting down hands with medium value. Like, yeah. we've told the blockbuster now, like to continue the movie theme. We've yeah. we've, uh, we've told the best story we can possibly tell by river shoving this. So, um, you know, maybe he does fold ace deuce. Um, I think he definitely folds things like king ten. Um, I don't know. I uh, yeah. I definitely shove here. I'm okay. interesting. I'm interested I, to know what he does have. Well, actually, Casey, he does post it. There's like a little spoiler button there, so he did oh, post real it. Real spoiler. Yeah, reveal the spoiler. So for everyone, I'll reveal it. Uh, so so our 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 hero does check behind, and uh, the villain shows Ace Nine for a pair, and our hero obviously has Queen. Queen three and, and loses. Um, so, so, I, man, you, you we probably, still don't know if the shove works. Yeah, that's that's. Not, if you would ask me, like, what aces is he folding? What aces is he calling with? The ace nine is where I would have put the cut off. Yeah, that's a, that's you right there. I mean? so yeah, like, yeah. Huh. Uh, uh, personally, I think it's. I think, I think fifty percent of the people are folding, and fifty percent of the people are calling here. Yeah. That's with this, with this hand. So most of the hands, that, most of the time, they're not going to have this hand. Like right? they're going to have worse than this. So that's why I think shoving shows that it's probably right play. Yeah. Yeah. I I wish we could go back and replay it and shove it just to find out. <laughs> right. um, but we'll never know. Yeah. Well. Oh, that's a neat little feature where we can have, uh, hide the spoiler like that. Yeah. Yeah, that is pretty cool. TPE has it going on. Yeah. We don't we don't mess around. Cool. Well, um, anyway, I thought—I mean, I thought a couple of cool hands, uh, multi-street hands, barreling hands, and I guess to some degree, bluffing hands. Like, and a real key bit. to this podcast was the excellent math lesson. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the, there were two real keys: the math and the the movie analogies. Yeah, <laughs> I think they were all crucial to the success of this great podcast. <laughs> Math and squinting. Squinting and math, math and squinting. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> cool, cool. <laughs> I could just see Casey squinting yeah. trying to do my squint. Yeah. Which... 
You guys are spending too much time together, honestly. If that's what you're doing. <laughs> that's why I'm going to Vegas at the opposite time of Casey. Yeah. That's actually true. <laughs> uh, well, it's cool. Uh, Casey, thanks for uh, for joining us to talk a few hands and, of course, to fill us in on all the uh, the latest developments in the life of the big dog, including uh, ppipoker.net. Make sure you guys click that link down there below this, the podcast so you can go check that out, sign up, uh, sell some action. Casey will probably even buy some. Yeah, for sure. If you're a TPA member and you sign up to PPI and uh, you're selling action, shoot me a message on Facebook, and I swear I will buy your action. Uh, I buy a lot of people's action all the time. It gives me a nice little sweat. Um, So, yeah, definitely shoot me a message on Facebook or wherever you have my contact, and and I will buy some of your action. And if you're having, you know, payment processing issues, getting money on or off, uh, we'll take care of you too. Uh, we're working on all the solutions, um, but we'll facilitate anything any way we have to do it. Awesome. There it is, straight from the mouth of the big dog. <laughs> cool. All right, well, uh, Casey, we'll let you get back to uh, to work and family, and uh, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back and wrap things up here on the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. Thanks, guys. All right, see you. Peace. Welcome back to the Tournament Poker Edge Podcast. Big thanks, as always, to Casey Jarzbeck, Big Dog Pocket Fives, for stopping in. Always good to catch up with the Big Dog. Absolutely. Fun times. 
And uh, and of course, it's always fun to get roasted by the big dog, <laughs> whether it be for our math skills or our handwriting yeah, skills. Yeah, <laughs> it is. You know, but that is tame compared to what what goes on when we're all together. True. <laughs> and if we would have had like Mark or somebody on this call, it would have been twice as bad. So exactly. Exactly. We, uh, we came out relatively unscathed. Yeah. All um, good fun. So yeah. So I thought that was fun. Uh, thanks to the guys who um, who put those hands in the forums. Hopefully. Uh, Hopefully you found some of that feedback helpful and useful. Yep. And uh, yeah, for, for future reference guys, anybody out there who's listening, who's a TPE member, keep, uh, keep posting those hands in the forums. Cause not only might you get good feedback from other members and from pros, but might just show up on one of the TPE podcasts. So, yep. um, so cool. Uh, what's, uh, what's happening at TPE these days? So a uh, bunch of good videos recently. Um, I'm enjoying the one uh, with you and uh, is the 4K hand history review with you and Mark. Yeah. Um, you guys are fun together. Guys, old married couple. I know. I, yeah, I really enjoy <laughs> doing those because uh, I mean we do those anyway. Like uh, yeah. even sometimes when we're not recording. Yeah. Uh, but it just makes it it makes it somewhat more enjoyable doing them and recording them because I know that we're gonna get uh, some. some feedback from other people as well and yeah. also just knowing that like other people are benefiting from that knowledge is, is cool to me so yeah um, hopefully people got something out of it i mean it's amazing that as long as we've been doing this like um i don't want to spoil the series too much but there's a couple of leaks that just creep their way back into my game every yeah. every so often and mark has to like slap me across the face a couple yeah. of times Dude, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you stop this. But it's so easy to get into those routines where you just you fall back into what's comfortable, especially when you're losing. Yeah, um, and and you kind of fall back to what's comfortable. So uh, I, I think it's a cool series, especially for people who who grind some of the American sites and stuff, because they're they'll they'll probably they might see themselves, uh, yeah. but they'll also see some villains that they're familiar with. So yep, uh, yeah. So check that out. Yeah, and I think um, you know that's that's a you know the, the chemistry between you guys uh, makes that enjoyable. It's 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 fun to watch um you know i think on the more um the more i guess called serious side of studying although i think you get a lot of serious studying done there um but we have a couple theory videos uh that have recently run or about to run um the ginger you're uh the the, the guy you uh you cheat the code the, the podcast guy you cheat guy you cheat with um <laughs> uh My side piece your side, side piece <laughs> your side, your pod, your side pod. <laughs> um, he's got uh, ran a couple of weeks ago a, uh, a theory video on range advantages and equity distribution. So um, if you want to, you know, you don't if you want to do more than watch, you know, a hand history review and you want to get into the math and you want to talk about equity distribution and ranges um, in detail, that's a great video for that. Um, so I, I recommend that. Um, and also just ran a couple weeks ago. We actually have a. It's a short video. Um, it's not poker necessarily, but it's Bitcoin basics, and I think that's interesting for you know people who play in the U.S. and uh, you know you you you've told me you know we talked about Bitcoin makes it a lot easier. I don't know. You want to share your experience with Bitcoin a little bit? Yeah, it's um it's something that I like kind of fought against ever learning anything about for the longest time because it's like obviously this mysterious cryptocurrency that I have no idea what it means um, but finally you know like I was talking to friends and they're like yeah man I'm getting my cash outs in like 24 or 48 hours from all these sites via Bitcoin and I was like well I want to I do that so I finally sort of uh, I, I 
learn the basics. And uh, once you get set up, it's pretty simple. Uh, and yeah, so I mean, for people listening outside of the states, you know, they're probably like, "Well, uh, why can't you just cash out to your bank?" And, yeah. and it's not quite that easy in America, as our American listeners know. So um, it's just a super easy way to deposit money and withdraw money. Yeah. Uh, and basically, the, honestly, the, one of the first people to ever tell me about Bitcoin uh, was a TPE member who goes by the name of We. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, for the longest time, he actually, he, he first started talking to me about it, saying, you got to invest in Bitcoin, like, it's going to go way up. You yeah. know, like, put all your money in Bitcoin and not the stock market. And I think at that time, Bitcoin was at, like, 50 bucks per Bitcoin or 100 bucks per Bitcoin. And now it's at, like, 1200 or something. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so I you, been rich. you obviously invested, right? Uh, no, I didn't listen. Yeah. Which is... Not surprising, considering when 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 people you've never met in your life start telling you to put yeah. money in a, in a currency that's not a real currency, you start yeah. going, "Wait, what?" Um, yeah. But basically, uh, we um, I, I approached him and said, "Hey, man, would you mind doing a short video, just like showing just the basic? Like, it's not an in depth thing about like the history of Bitcoin or like how the values determine. You know, it's not anything complicated like that. It's pretty much literally how do I put money in my Bitcoin account? How do I get that money into my poker account? And then how do I get it back?" Um, yeah. So it's you know it's a short it's a short video, but it's uh, it's there it's available. Um, and for people who listen to this, even if you're not a member, it's uh, it's there to watch. So yep. um, so go check it out. It's also up on our YouTube channel. So yep, um, check check that out for sure. Good stuff. Um, and then coming up, we got a couple cool series uh, about to drop. Uh, Corey uh, Wayland is back. Um, he's always fun, entertaining uh, video producer, one of the most popular. Um, uh, Birdie four twenty has a video coming out in a couple weeks. Uh, Andrew Brokus is is reviewing his W Coop main event, so those are always fun. Yeah, and uh, right. and Jace Regina is about to drop. I think it goes live. It just I think it just went live actually. Um, his study guide, another theory video where he kind of walks you through how 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 to study uh, poker. So um, if you're on a training site, you're obviously interested in that, and probably get some more pointers on on how to do it properly. So. Yeah, and I think that's that's probably more important than a lot of people realize. You know, like it, obviously, like you said, if you're on a training site, you have the goal of of studying and learning poker. But um, you know, it's good to it's good to sort of get a check and make sure that you're actually studying the right way and studying the right things. And yeah. uh, I think Daryl Jace has a video like that in our archives as well. So you, you'll get an opportunity to hear it from somebody else how they do it and uh, put that to practice. Yep. So yeah, so that's that's the highlights. Uh, good time as always. Awesome stuff. Well, uh, definitely enjoyed catching up with you, man. It's yep. been too long. Absolutely. And uh, one way or another, I hope uh, I hope to get to spend a little quality time out in, in Vegas. We, yep. can, we can punt our tournaments as fast as possible. <laughs> and, and, some beers. <laughs> and play some shuffleboard, even though uh, you neglected to mention me in your shuffleboard tweet. I, I forgot that. I, know. <laughs> I, was, I had a few drinks. I, I, I blew it. I assumed, I assumed so. I give you shit. <laughs> Appropriately, I give you a lot of crap for that. But no, it'll be fun. Um, and probably by the next time we uh, we do this, we'll, we'll know our schedule. So... Um, so good. All right, man. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Cool. Thanks. Uh, thanks again to Big Dog. Thanks to everybody out there for listening. And we will see you all back here next time on the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. See Texas plays for
Hold them, let them hit me, raise it, baby, stay with me. Lock in intuition, play the cards with babes to start. And after she's been hooked, I'll play the one that's on her heart. She can't read. 